This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You are listening to the Joe Rogan Experience Review Podcast. We find little nuggets, treasures, valuable pieces of gold in the Joe Rogan Experience Podcast and pass them on to you, perhaps expand a little bit. We are not associated with Joe Rogan in any way. Think of us as the talking dead to Joe's walking dead. You're listening to the Joe Rogan Experience Review. What a bizarre thing we've created. Now with your host, Adam Thorne. This might either be the worst podcast or the best one of all time. One, go. Enjoy the show. Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of the JRE Review. Uh, This week, we have a special guest in, my buddy Peter. Uh, Big fan of Elon Musk, so... Huge. Huge fan. Huge. Huge. So... Good to be here. Pete wanted to come on and and say some things. Nice to have you with us, Pete. Um, Yeah, man, let's, let's... open up so uh this week we got elon musk we have david blaine and then the legend that is tim kennedy we'll see if we have time for tim kennedy's one uh it's tim's definitely worth listening to but it's heavy yeah you know and and i would say it's inspiring too so it's both of those things he, right. he really does put his money where his mouth is as far as uh, just legend he's a badass for sure I mean, special forces and fought in the UFC. It's like, come on. What do you need to prove after that? But he's not stopping. 40 schools. Nope. He started it by himself, this foundation. Incredible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, we'll touch on, we'll touch on him in the end. But Elon Musk, always a big one. Uh, the, I, I don't know how many times he's been on Rogan now. I think three times, maybe? Yeah, I'm pretty sure three. Um He's he's definitely very comfortable on Rogan's podcast now, which is great because uh, we can all remember when he first came on Rogan, it was it was pretty awkward for a while, and then of course they smoked weed, and then there was all that controversy. But it's almost like every time Elon comes on, he finds a way to do something pretty unusual for the Joe Rogan experience. Now, I'm not saying that smoking weed is unusual, but it is for a billionaire. Right? But this ge- isn't like one of his comedian friends. They're generally wound up a little tighter than most. Mm-hmm. They watch their behavior a little more. Yeah. He he seems to just do his thing. I mean, they're basically, they open up talking about the Cybertruck, which um, heavily anticipated piece of uh, vehicular technology. And um, he drives it in, says it's bulletproof. Somehow... Joe brings up, you think he could take an arrow, and 
Elong's like, I bet you a dollar you can't blow a hole in the door. <laughs> a dollar. Unbelievable. So good. So Joe goes out there and blasts it. It does nothing. That thing is bulletproof as fuck, dude. Yeah, what do you say? He shot it with a Tommy gun, a 9mm, a forty-five. Like, And you think an arrow's going to damage it at that point? It's incredible. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I know an arrow is not like bullets, but it, they, they are a lot heavier overall. We, they are. So even though they're moving a lot slower, I just felt like maybe it, it just had a different angle that it would that, that it could do something. But, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, if you can shoot a fucking car with a Tommy gun and it doesn't blow a hole in the door, you're not getting through it. Zombie apocalypse mobile. He, for sure, that's what he said. <laughs> so good. Yeah, yeah. What is it? But what does that really mean, though, for like crashes and like crumple zones? I mean, if the vehicle is that strong, does it when it crashes? The does just everyone inside just liquefy, or does it actually in the, crush into it in the other car? The other car oh. liquefies. <clears throat> it just crashes right through them. And what did he say? It could go. They think it, they can get zero to sixty under three. Under three in one of those trucks. Yeah, that's too fast. Dude, it's too fast. No differential, no traditional drivetrain. You can bump over rocks. It's it's incredible. Unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, I'm curious. I want one. I want someone to know that I know to have one so I can have a play with it. Let's go have See what's going on. All right. All right. All right. Elon. What a legend. Um, bought Twitter, obviously. Um, this is really the first I th- the first time he's come on since he bought Twitter. So very curious to to hear what he had to say about it. And, and just the fact that he said it was like a spokes piece for the government and propaganda yeah. is is truly terrifying, dude. To me, Pipe, I don't like piping it. information in people's phones is the surest way to change their opinions these days. Right. And that's what it was. And you know, how did how do you think the government got in a position to where they had that sort of access? Oh, buddy, buddy, backdoor handshakes. You, um, you call up your friend over there at Twitter and say, "Hey, we don't really we have to have this sort of mindset go forward," and they just can't. They just can't. Uh, can't say no. You know, they can't say no. It's friends. Ideologically, ideologically, similarly mindsetted. But that makes no yeah. sense. No, I know what you're saying. I mean, I I think a lot of things now are like that, right? It's like traditionally the media used to be just kind of a watchdog, like waiting for the government to slip up so they could catch them out and be like, "Oh, look at this piece of shit," and they were just always trying to get politicians, which is really when we trusted media. You know, when we were, like, into it. And now it's like they're all buddy-buddy. And and the regular people are the ones kind of left out of the conversation, just getting tricked. It always swung left, but the, the media always swung left, but it was they, – they had a thing called, you know, journalistic integrity. integrity. They don't have yeah. that. Well, he's Not fixed as it. much. He's fixed that up. For sure. And, you know, I haven't used Twitter or X much, like, ever, even since it became 
Elon's thing. Um, so I'm not super familiar with with what's going on over there and what the impact really is. I mean, he's saying that it's worth like almost nothing compared to when he bought it. I it's going to be interesting to see though what he does with it. I've got a feeling he's got some plans, and it's and it's going to be interesting. He doesn't hasn't what banned anybody. That's interesting to me that he since he um, absorbed the responsibility of that. Of Twitter, he hasn't banned anyone, which was that's just not how it used to be. You get banned left and right, Ru- shadow banned. Yeah, Did, was that mostly during COVID? I know some of it maybe had been happening before then, but it was mostly COVID, right? That was kind of creating that in the election, from what I can understand about it. COVID, yeah, lots of weird stuff well, going on there. I know, I know, and it makes you think. It makes you want to analyze other social media platforms and like what they're up to and who they're kind of banning. I mean, I know some big players on um, Instagram. I mean, I say big, but like a hundred to two hundred thousand, maybe like quarter of a million followers. And you know, I get to message with them, and I get to see also because they show me like, oh, this got flagged, and I got another flag for this one, and so much of it is total bullshit dude it's like to these people that have that big of a following it takes a lot to build that up and in a way it's like their life it is their life and whether yeah whether you like uh influencers or not or whatever you want to call them it's like well this is what they're doing and there's definitely this arc of training that they're trying to put in they're saying this is like the internet and it's free and you can just do what you want on it and, and express yourself but it's not really true i mean they, they have the social media companies especially the instagram have a particular way they want you to behave and when you don't do it i mean they hit you with it pretty hard and we know youtube has been doing that it's been demonetizing people um hitting podcasts hitting people that interview um rfk or just different voices and it's it's a scary business out there dude you know what canada is doing that right now canada is state-sponsored censorship like all censorship they are really cracking down and i wonder what your pod will how your pod will fare when if you'll even be accessible in canada yeah fuck them god bless america yeah, if you don't like it, ban my whole show. I don't care. I'm not going to, like, pander to whatever fancy Canadian rules you come up with. And and I, I like the Canadian people. I think just the government up there is being wacky. I've got I've got no time for that, man. No time. You came here for a reason, goddammit. Freedom, baby. It's not free. It's expensive. What did you think of Elon saying you can run the whole U.S. on 100 square miles of solar? Obviously, that's a lot of solar. Like, it kind of doesn't sound like a lot because America is so big. But, I mean, where would you even be able to plot out, like, 100 square miles? Well, it's, that's a lot. You know, I as a pro-environmental person, that sounds pretty – it sounds like an eyesore. You know, that sounds like that's going to – fuck up a lot of plants and animals and their migrations and whatnot. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, but you know, we, what about if what about if it was in Nevada? 
There's like nothing there, dude. It looks like Mars. The delicate ecosystem of the desert. Oh, like four <laughs> lizards? Relax, you hippie. Well, we, we, we would pay the price here in the West, definitely. We would be fronting a lot of the bill here. Yeah. Well, it's 64,000 acres. That's how much that is. 64, so it's a lot. Acres. Yeah, and he mentioned that you would definitely need banks of batteries. Technology would have to catch up to that. Yeah, I we just wouldn't be able to build it. It's probably not like we could do the, that. You think so? Oh, I think hundred sixty four thousand acres of solar panels. That's like wh- I don't know if we'd have the minerals. We could we could take them from less fortunate countries, of course. <laughs> oh, Pete! <laughs> joking. You uh, and your you and your sweatshops. Swear. I mean, that's probably what we'd have to do, right? That's I mean, what we do anyway. Rare earth minerals. Yeah, we do that. We already do that. We do that. We gotta, we gotta go get them. As I say we. We. Pete and I are not taking any minerals. No. Okay. Mm-mm. We've taken very few over the years. I'm almost almost um, none. I know, <clears throat> but I like that idea. You know, I like that the, it's a possibility, and I've also heard stories of. Um, a type of system where it's like the roads themselves, like the tarmac itself is a kind of solar panel that charges cars as it drives. Yeah, we could probably do something like that if we invested in that versus our war machine. You know what I mean? That's true. Not, not. Well, we could we could just have patches of road. It doesn't have to be all the roads, right? Just do a few miles in the every bit of time. Yeah, and just people drive over it and it charges everything up. I'd love that. That's, not, that's sci-fi right there. I know. Well, the, but this is the problem that we're hearing about these electric cars. And I think that's why it's a bit of a struggle for Elon is, you know, big cities like California and, and the rest of it, they, they are finding they don't have the kind of power grid um, ability to just keep these cars charged. Like they're struggling. They are struggling. They they have those rolling blackouts where they ask their their citizens that have those electric cars to not charge for the night, give it a rest because they were just draining the system. Yeah, electric cars no. charged by coal, of course. Basically, which is that's a, is that how we make most of our electricity? Coal. We're using a bit of bit of um nuclear but not too much. I don't think there's many nuclear plants in the US. I I could be way off on this one. We uh, mm. we had the was it Three Mile Island incident in the 70s or the 80s? Oh, that scared some people. And after that, we have had zero groundswell for for nuclear here. Yeah, coal is what where we get our energy from. Yeah. We should bring it back. Coal is actually what relatively do you th- clean. Okay. Nuclear sounds cleaner. Yeah, it sounds cooler too. It does. Yeah, sounds badass. What do you think about what he said about George Soros? Are you familiar or like much familiar with that guy? I, so, uh, as much as I, as the next armchair conspiracy theorist. Yeah, right. Um, so he's like an uber billionaire old guy, um, heavily invested in politics, seems to support you know and back like is left an extremist is he can find for whatever reason i don't know really where his agenda's at but um elon said he like 
as far as he can tell, George is, is you know, kind of hates humanity, yeah. which is a which is a bold thing to say, dude. Yeah, I, if anybody would know, it's someone who is on his level. George and Elon have got to be similarly rich, you know. Soros, he's yeah, I mean, he's just a Elon's monster. a lot richer, but but yeah, he's he's billionaire level. I mean, you would think that they're like billionaire poker games that they go to. Like, you don't want to be talking too much shit, right? But well, there's like a dancing urchin. You <laughs> you play for human lives. Uh huh. Everyone's like wearing masks, like eyes wide shut, and. Now you, There's like you, an effigy to like an uh, some sort of owl god that they burn for some reason, and I kind of want to go. That sounds fun to me. Yeah. But yeah, he said that George Soros was bad for humanity. Uh, he was uh, trying to bring the downfall of civilization by his actions. Yeah, he funded. I think, and he, you know, go ahead. That's kind of the conspiracy online, though, right? That's a bit of what it is. So to hear it from a, a real player that's in the game. To be like, yeah, that guy, I don't, I don't know what his deal is. I don't care for it. I'm like, oh shit. I'm kind of all right. We got to watch out for Georgie boy. I'm on Team Musk. Turns out, he seems like yeah. A cool I mean, guy. of the of the billionaires, I'm down for it. Now, you know, talking about billionaire on billionaire, what about Zuck and <laughs> Elon getting in a fight? I love how confident Musk is. Musk doesn't sound like he gives a fuck. He's sort of I'm shred him, dude. I'm curious. I mean, look, I, he said his move is the warus. <laughs> I respect it, but you know, I mean, Zuck has been training jujitsu so hard he blew out his ACL. He's weak, and now he's in surgery. Well, he's small, you know, and he's training a lot. But I don't. What's what training is Elon doing? I mean. Joe asked him, he's like, how's your endurance? He goes, no problem. It won't, like, it won't just, come to that. <laughs> it won't come, yeah, it won't be an issue. I'm like, okay, dude, chill out. Yeah, you could tell Joe was like, um, he was a little skeptical because he knows the value of, of training and conditioning better than anybody, really, probably. Well, but dude, we, you and I train jiu-jitsu. We know that a small guy with skills is going to fuck up a big guy that hasn't been training now elon did some jujitsu he's trained uh martial arts before he says he's been punched in the face i mean that helps that goes a long way that's training yeah it's like okay you you're not gonna freak out when you get hit potentially um but but at the same no. time you know it's like i worry that he wouldn't take it seriously enough and i guarantee zuck will a leg kick but a leg zuck. kick will take you right out and if zuck's been training those leg kicks and he's been punched in the face in training now you can make up the difference with training the, the one of the advantages would be if it was mma because then you know i mean unless elon gets stuck on his back i mean he does have a lot of size to start Swinging with said two forty. That's pretty big for six one. Dude, that's really big. It's kind of fat. I mean, yeah, maybe. <laughs> it's a little chunky. Yeah, it's thick. And what is uh, Zuckerberg at? Like probably like one fifty. I think he's in the one thirty to one fifty range. I mean, dude, that's a lot of weight. And at my weight, that's a lot of weight to I work can, with. I could even. I've been. 
um, doing jiu-jitsu for like six years, and I've been able to handle black belts at that weight. You just get their hand, the two-on-one, you stay low, just stuff like that. You could do it. He, he can do it. Yeah, you could do I mean, if you if you have like a 60, 70 pound advantage, that's that's at least a belt or a belt and a half's worth of advantage. Potentially. There are people that you and I look at at a bar or something and say, what would you do? And you say, I can't do anything. That guy weighs 280. He's 6'4". He probably has never trained a day in his life. And if I go at him, he's going to shred me. Yeah, well, he'd just pick you up and throw you on the ground. So you make friends. I mean, that's it. You get him on your side, and then he backs you up when when other shit goes down. Um, yeah, so Elon, obviously, on top of that, not on Instagram, not a fan of it. He found that he caught himself taking selfies and Cute. felt like a bit of a dick. I get it. We've all been there. I think we're at the age where oh, selfies don't do us any justice. See, people are still taking them, dude. They love them. Some people will never learn that lesson. Yeah, that's another... Um, going back to the censorship. That's Zuck controls Facebook, Instagram. And, uh, he, yep. and he is he's all on board with saving humanity, whether they want to be um, teaching us the right way whether we think that's the right way or not it's a he's t- talking down to us in a way he is because he he definitely plays more of the game right it's like elon didn't come out and buy twitter to then also join the game and and take control and get more um kind of favoritism with the government or whoever is at play he came out to be a pain in the ass zuck doesn't really do that He's just like, oh, wait, what? Hunter Biden laptop is Russian misinformation? Okay, I'll stop it. Yeah. Like, he doesn't really seem to argue in that direction. He's on a team. And, yeah, he's he's watching his bank account, for sure. But who knows? Can you really blame him? Well, I think if I had a billion dollars, it would free me up to be my own self, my own truth. Yeah, you'd like to think so. But I, I think that's what Elon is doing, and I and I think that's why there's like a cult following behind him, and there's more, there's just, there's more energy behind the things that he does. You know, it's like Zuck is already big, right? He comes out with threads, nobody bought it. He, you know, maybe his new Oculus is good, but it has to have a utility value. Whereas Elon can just invent something interesting, and 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 people are behind it because. It's just like, you know, you know what Elon's up to. Like, you know that he's more for the people and for exploration and, you know, bringing us to Mars. There's like this hope with that guy that's super interesting. Yeah, he, that's he, why this, this, you know, podcast with Rogan will be one of his biggest of the year for sure. He gives me hope. I actually like listening to Elon Musk. He looks hard worn. Looks like he's got a lot of weight on those shoulders, doesn't didn't he? Yeah, what it's a, a lot of. He pressure, was dude. three hours after the show. He had to be like on a plane to China or something. He's yeah to go to the AI conference or yeah, yeah, moving and shaking. Just dude, he probably never stops, dude. I didn't never know that stops. Tesla was in China. 
I had no idea that they have 20,000 employees there. Hmm. He probably has factories all over. I'm sure he's got one in Europe, you know? you got to think of distribution That's and true. what makes the most sense. Uh, but maybe not. Maybe just U.S. and... And, uh... I know he has a big solar plant in Australia. So, yeah, he's all over the place, dude. He's the richest guy in the world. He's, like, he's a total sci-fi character. I love sci-fi. He is a, he is a character from a Isaac Asimov book. Oh, 100%. 100%. Yeah, very excited he was on. Love it. Um, really good. Let's jump over to David Blaine. Good old David. Is he a what real human? Think? What do you He's he is incredible. Yeah. He's he's equally as odd as Elon, to be honest. He is just I can't you know, in his own way. I grew up watching that guy perform street magic and I was convinced that he was magic. Yeah. I always liked the kind of how his more like stoic way of being back in the day. Like you watch him on this pod He's like laughing a lot. Mm-hmm. He's kind of goofy, silly, you know. If you, but you watch his old magic, he'd always just kind of like stare, like yeah, dead, dead-eyed into space. He would just like do the trick. Everyone would freak out, and then he would just like look like he wasn't impressed at all. Rub the bl- rub the blood off, move. and be like, "Is that your card?" <laughs> yeah, right. He's he's an incredible dude. It, and you've got to give him credit for like leaning into these like incredibly difficult things that he's doing. I mean, kissing a cobra is a bad idea. Oh my god, super bad idea. Oh, and that's all his stuff is bad, bad ideas. Uh-huh. Freezing yourself or st- in a block of ice, sixty. What is it? Sixty three yep. hours. He stood. He was awake. Just being awake for sixty three hours. He said he was hallucinating, seeing his dead or seeing his mother in the ice, his girlfriend. Yep. Incredible. Yep. I I went to visit him, uh not visit him, but like see him when he was in London, uh doing the forty day thing with no food because he was just like hanging over the Thames. And um I just happened to be visiting my brother that lived out there and I was like, Oh shit, David Blaine's over by the, the Thames, let's go over there. <laughs> and yeah, he's just like swinging up there in his in his box, just chilling. And he'd like wave every now and again and mostly do nothing. That's what you have to do. Um, fasting to death. Yeah. Did he, do you think he just took sh- shits at night? He probably didn't need a shit. I bet he you he probably food. fasted or did, um, what do you call that? Uh, he probably did colonics. Colon cleanse? Yeah, he, enemas. Huh. You think that would be a good idea before a 40-day... Probably thought it out. Fast? Okay, yeah, he did. He works with yeah. doctors and all this. Mm-hmm. But anyway, supposedly they gave him um, some sort of, like, protein milkshake afterwards that was, like, high in carbohydrates, and that's the worst thing to have after a 40-day fast. Like, you really just want, I think, like, small amounts of protein. You need little uh, bits like, of food to start. You could kill yourself. A little, yeah. You don't want a lot of sugar, though. That's the first thing. It can literally cause you a heart attack. Incredible. Um, it's it's along the lines of actually what was happening to some of the people in the concentration camps after the war. The American GIs were like liberating them, 
and like sharing their rations, chocolate and things, and people were dying of shock. Wow. So they'd been starving for a long time, and then all of a sudden they have a bunch of like sugar, and it was causing like heart failure. Simple so, foods in small amounts. And I know that, yeah. that happened in Africa as well, in the, the famines of, I believe it was Ethiopia. Mm. Yeah, they were, mm-hmm. The aid came in and people were just eating the grains and they died. Some of them died. Dead. Dead. Yeah, so he also like buried himself alive. He jumped off. What did he say? How high was oh, the thing? Oh, it was that a nine, busted nine his stories. Shoulder? I can't Fuck that. Uh, he, he's getting up there. He's probably pushing 50. He should probably just hang it up. Chill the fuck out. Chill. Just go back to magic. Yeah, just go back to contracts. They're good enough. That, now, that was interesting, too. Like, all throughout the pod, he really didn't want to share the magic. I guess that's like the magician's code or whatever they call it. Um, and, you know, he alluded to some ways you could do it, but he was definitely very careful uh, about what he said. You have to be. That's that, Those magicians that give away the tricks, that's kind of like, that's a little shitty. Come on. Yeah, yes and no. We still don't know I mean, who, look, how Houdini did his some of his most famous tricks. He took those to the grave. Good point. Yeah. Which is good and bad. Good point. Yeah. I, I Look, I like the idea that it's, like, carefully passed down. Like, even, even the, you know, some of the best magicians out there won't give David Blaine the way that they do their trick. But... You do have to wonder, it's like, if we had an entire system of knowledge like this, where it was all, you know, cards held close, then so much of this good stuff gets lost. Look at, look at the druids. That's what happened with those guys. Right. In the Library of Alexandria, same thing. Burnt down. They lost a lot of great knowledge. So, I, I don't know. I think there's something to sharing the knowledge, right? It's like, okay... So now you've shown how this these tricks can be done. Well, now the magicians need to just come up with better tricks. Build on top of that. He probably is so tight-lipped about it because I think he invented quite a few of them. He invented the way he does them. And it, Jamie was right. Jamie is a huge nerd, of course, and, and yep, he was watching intently, and he couldn't figure that out. It's fun, fun to hear. But but David was pretty sure that Jamie could figure out the the um, card marking. He was like, Jamie's gonna get this. I, I I just know it. He had no faith in Joe getting it. No faith. But he was like, I think Jamie can figure this out. Joe's too stoned. I get it. He might be. <laughs> or he just stoned be. enough. Yeah, exactly. Did you did you happen to watch the Tyson Fury and Ganu fight? Do you know who those people are? I do. I was. I am a Ganu man. I I think that guy's respectable, awesome. Mm-hmm. He has a Legend. Conan upbringing, right? Just 100% digging Conan. sand in a sand mine, getting that incredible mm-hmm. physique, working for it. Never been in a boxing match and almost destroys the the heavyweight champion. Yeah. I mean, it, it was about gambling. My opinion. They're in Saudi Arabia. It, it's about gambling. I think so. They those guys Dude, have to make their mil. You know what I mean? It's about gambling. Those casinos would have lost so much money if Engano had won. I mean, it would have been 
payouts in the billions, I would imagine. And they can't they can't afford it. Those those referees would have been hung. Most likely. You know, I mean judges, not the referees, the judges. Like somebody would have died if they had given it to Angano. Yeah, he's he's a specimen. Oh. Dude, he knocked him down. Almost knocked him out. I mean, to be fair, Tyson took like fifteen seconds to get going again. That's a knockdown. That's a and knockout, I, in my opinion. Dude, I have I have friends that are like diehard boxing fans and they're like, No, it's a sport, it's not fighting and you know they make that distinction between the ufc i'm like all right fair enough but like they they were like adamant to me that that was a standard boxing count and often you know as long as he gets up before 10 the ref can take as long as he wants just kind of getting him to the corner and checking his gloves i don't know dude that seems suspect as hell i feel like as soon as you're knocked down there should just be a timer that starts. Those fingers went up a little too slow, right? When he was, when he was doing the the ten yeah. count. Those that was like twelve to fifteen seconds. It wasn't ten. No, I mean time is pretty well established. One Mississippi. And yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you're just gonna give it to a guy that can just kind of like it, at any rate. He's like, instead of just saying one state, he's saying like three. One Mississippi, Delaware, Virginia. <laughs> two Mississippi, Delaware. Virginia. They should have him name the states. Um, mm. I've always thought that Tyson Fury was a l- cheater. He's a cheater. It, I might make somebody mad, but like his gloves weren't fitting correctly. His he was, his fists were not in the ends of his gloves. That one fight, you know, where he's flopping his mitts around. Yeah, yep. uh, and he's hitting with looks like his his uh, the end of his. What do you call this? The tip fib here, or radius ulna? Yeah, yeah, the the palm of his hand. Of he's his like hand. palming people. Yeah, he's basically just slapping, slapping him around with his palm. Uh, you know, he's a gypsy, oh, so gypo. you know. But I like him. I like his style. I think he's a great boxer. He's definitely really the best heavyweight that has ever been. It's just so surprising that Engano was able to do the damage that he did. I mean, it's incredible really and it was so good to watch it definitely the best and crossover fight that we've seen lately you know Mayweather McGregor this this one was way more fun yeah yeah and, and you know even the one with Mayweather and McGregor I mean McGregor was like he didn't really get the credit he deserved for that I mean he went 10 rounds yeah. they stopped the fight he wasn't out you know he was getting beat up but you know, he had some shots in there no, against the greatest defensive boxer of all time. I mean, I think I think it really does start to highlight that boxing is just, dare I say it, but it's just not that great. <laughs> well, like, the art of sorry. boxing. Look, you, you can't do it the other way around, dude. Oh, true. Never could the greatest boxer of all time come in and even fight like, like, a top 20 rated UFC guy. That's He'd fuck true. him up. Yeah. Fuck him up instantly. Like, you just can't compare the two. It's super limited rules. You've taken away, you know, at least, at least 50% of the abilities of one of the fighters, and they're still fucking you up. Yeah. I, I respect boxing. I really do. I wish I knew more about it, striking in general. 
But you get tackled if all you know how to do is punch and you get tackled. That's where that's that's my time to shine. That's it. That's getting tackled that's really it. just takes the wind out of people's sails. Dude, I mean, Nganu's wrestling is not that bad. You, you know, you think of the fight against Cyril Gan when uh, I can't remember what injury Nganu had, but there was something that was affecting his punching and or power. So he started to wrestle him. And he's not even a, a really strong wrestler, but he really he won the rounds that way and he kept his championship. I mean, if he went at Tyson with even half of his wrestling skills, he'd just crush him. I mean, it's not really up for debate. Obviously, the MMA guy would be at a win in that that zone. But, you know, you even give him just a couple more tools in that fight, he would have just completely wrecked Tyson. It changes the game, man. You know, who knows what's next? I mean, maybe he goes into, like, professional heavyweight boxing and w works his way up the leagues. I mean, it's worth so much money, so much more money than the UFC. Um, That's unfortunate. My hope, though, my hope, though, is that Dana figures out a way to get his ass back to the UFC so we get Nganu versus John Jones. The greatest fight of all time. Oh no, that's second. That wouldn't be very, that would not be good for John Jones. You don't think so? No, because Naganu is thirty percent heavier, isn't he? John Jones weighs He's, like one seventy. Oh no, dude. One eighty. John Jones is heavyweight now. Is he? Oh, he has he bulked up. up. That's right. Yeah, yeah. And he completely. I mean, he destroyed Cyril Gunn. Destroyed him way faster than Francis did. One round, choked him out, crushed him. I mean. You you can never count out Jones. I like John Jones. He just but yeah, he, John Bones Jones. He's he is going to go down as one of the greatest as well. Oh, he is the greatest. He is the greatest. But that but that fight would be amazing if we could put that together. I mean, let's get on it. it. The numbers would just be too big. They would be too exciting, too big. Just it, yeah, it would be something else. Something else. Anyway, let's finish up with David Blaine. Um, uh, dude, I would love to go to his Vegas show. Let's go. I really would. Should we go? I'm pretty sure it's uh, gonna. It's winding down for sure. He doesn't have many yeah, more of those go. left, so we let's do that. That'd be fun. I wonder how much the tickets are. Uh, if, even if they're 500 bucks, I mean, it would be. It would be worth it. He's the man. He's the man. I want to go see him. I like his style. He's very sweet. You know, he's just like kind and. And also, like, his mind is so strong that it's it's just fascinating that people, like, like these outliers exist. They're, they're just so cool to hear about. It's a, he, he has proved that the human body can do basically whatever you throw at it if you work for it. Twenty. Yeah. He, he held his breath for 20 minutes and 2 seconds, breathing pure O2, under doctor's supervision, of course. 20 minutes he held his breath. It's so long. And then without oxygen, 7 minutes, 47 seconds. Yeah, and he even said he had, like, fairly low lung capacity. And that, that goes a long like, way. The human mm. spirit is indomitable. That's it. He just can't be a lazy bitch. Oh. Be a lazy bitch. All right. Wow. We are. <laughs> it's all right. All right, let's jump over to Tim Kennedy, finish up with him. Uh, this one was heavy, folks. Um, Tim Kennedy, obviously a legend, UFC fighter, 
special forces sniper guy i believe i think he's sniper mm. in in is he i forget what branch of the special forces he was in is it Army? ranger or i think it was ranger yeah either way i mean he was part of the withdrawal of afghanistan he's been working on the mexican border um and now kind of doing some humanitarian stuff in the Gaza area, would you say? Yep. That's what his calling is. He works with NGOs to protect our interests as Americans. Mm-hmm. He does good stuff. Yeah, were you surprised to hear about the what's going on at the border here? Why don't we know more about that? Why doesn't why isn't that a bigger deal in the United States? You know, it's weird because we seem to talk about it a lot. I mean, obviously, Trump was always banging on about that wall. And now, you know, we do see footage of, like, trains bringing a bunch of people on top, uh, you know, just driving into the country. And I I don't I don't really get what's going on. Why? I, what's going on with our government? I'm curious that we, to know. They just, when is, how is that compassionate to anybody to let this happen doesn't see doesn't seem like a good idea for the american people it doesn't seem like it's a good idea for the mexicans who are coming over because yeah not if they're drowning in rivers getting traded paying money to get sex trafficked yeah so let's lock it up not good. let's lock that border up i mean let's just get like a better system in place like it seems to make sense, like every country, they have a strong border wall. It doesn't mean that you're not compassionate and you won't let people in for the right reasons. And then we just have really good resources to let the right people in for the right reasons. Yeah. You know? Who, pay, who are vetted, I mean, who pay their dues, They, like you had to. Like you mentioned to me the other day, it's it was hard. If you got deported, it'd be impossible for you to come back when once person gets deported from the Me- from our country to Mexico, they just turn around and walk back in. Yeah. And then they get I, a free I wouldn't ticket have been able to, to San to do Diego. It. Yeah, right. I wouldn't have been able to do it from England. I mean, it was a lot of visas and a lot of work and a lot of forms and a lot of interviews and a lot of scrutiny. And, you know, there's always a suspicious eye. And every time you fly back into the country on a student visa... Homeland Security have to interview you, or at least that's what was happening in the early 2000s when I did it. Um, so, you know, if you if you fly back with people, you know, Americans that you went on vacation with, they all have to wait around for you. And they get around to you when they get around to you. I mean, it's not a, not a fun process, but I would say, you know, it's worth it. And I didn't get help. I didn't use lawyers. I filled those forms out myself. You know, it was a obviously a bit easier because like english is my first language so i'm sure if you're you know hispanic or from different countries it, it's a lot harder because those film those forms are not easy you know they kind of make them complicated and they love to fail you on them too. of course resubmit <clears throat> here you go yeah but it, but at least but at least you know like i never did anything wrong and they watched everything i did like even they would they would question me on speeding tickets I got in England. Incredible, right? So a, a little overkill I would say, but you know 
they could guarantee I wasn't any kind of a terrorist or a criminal. I adver- I'll tell you that. Adversely, much. what Tim was talking about, a person can run across a border or walk and uh, be interviewed. Uh, they say they're seeking asylum, so they are granted asylum, and they get a court date for a year and a half down the road, and they they say, where are you going? Oh, I'm going to San Diego. And they go to San Diego, and a year and a half later, maybe they show up for their court date. Maybe they don't. Maybe they're never seen by the government again. It's very lax. I don't understand. Uh, I don't understand the logic there. Do, I mean, Tim kind of alluded to the idea that it was for votes. Oh. You know, that they would come here and vote Democrats. Can they so vote? Like the Democrats are more likely. That's what I don't understand. How would you be able to vote? Like, is there some sort of like non-citizenship voting? process i mean i'll tell you what i never figured it out before i had my citizenship i never voted once uh nobody gave me like a way to vote i don't i don't get how that would even happen um and if people know email me let me know maybe i'm being dumb or find us on the instagram at joe rogan experience review and dm me there tell me how that happens because it sounds like a fun conspiracy that I would like to get on board with because I love conspiracies, but I just don't see how that is possible. Yeah. Unless different states have, like, super loose laws about voting. I think voting is a like, federal... Federal... You could, probably, you could probably just show up with a driver's license, maybe, and maybe they don't check your... It's not like I don't walk around with my citizenship certificate, so... Maybe that's how it works. They don't, like, people aren't questioning me, you know? It's like, the only ID I ever show is my driver's license. So, maybe that's all you need. License to kill as well. You flash that thing around quite a bit. <clears throat> that is true. And my donor card. <laughs> I would recommend this pod, Tim's, Tim's uh, Tim Kennedy's interview, because if you don't know much about the Gaza thing going on right now, he really paints a picture about it. Yeah, what what are your thoughts on all that? It sounds it sounds dire. It sounds dark. It's a bit it sounds messy. It is more of the same than it had, what has always been going on over there. Well, all I know mm. is that the people that have my interests and similar interests are in Israel. Okay. I don't think that you know I, I'm for women's right to vote, driving, the LGBTQ crowd. They're fine by me. And that's not going on in Gaza. If you are any of those things, you're going to be strung up on a lamppost. So by that, I'm on one side, but also I, I really, uh, I, I weep for the for the babies. Yeah, for look, I always weep for the civilians, in anywhere in Russia, in Ukraine, in Palestine. I mean, or the Palestinian Gaza area. Like, you know, you don't want any civilians. Like, some guy that, like, runs a shop and has, like, four babies and a wife. And, you know, they're playing Monopoly in the evenings and he's being a good dad Uh and whatever they get up to. And boom, your whole house is blown up because you're, like, thrown in the middle of this bullshit. Well. Like, no, dude. Thrown in. Now. Did you catch the part where he mentions um, 
the Palestinians have no refuge even with among their own Muslim brothers. Oh yeah, that, I, I was going to say that next. The fact that there are so many other Muslim countries and they won't take any of them in. And in fact, Jerusalem has taken more Palestinians in traditionally than anywhere else. Yeah. They've done the most for it. Like, look at the fucking irony in that. It's, uh, it's like, especially now, like right now when they're like all their aids cut off and they can't go anywhere. Well, How they, they can go? Are these other countries not? They had. There are every day. Israel is uh, letting people travel wherever they can go to escape the point of bombing. Now, so they're they're bombing in this place. They say we're going to bomb here. Go ahead and get out if you're not Hamas. Hamas turns around and says, points their gun at their own people, saying you must stay. So they are hiding behind and under their own people. From what I, from right. what everyone says, yep, that's what I've heard in the news too. We're like, we're not making accusations. We're not doing the research, but that's what I'm hearing as well. And the fact that other countries, you know, and especially Muslim ones, are not opening those doors, it's it's heartbreaking. It's disgusting. I think. Yeah. It's Did not you good. know that Israel offered Gaza to Egypt, and they said no. They offered it to Lebanon, and they said no as well. Really? Yeah, that happened. I think that was the nineties. Yeah, uh, they don't. Oh. They don't want. They don't. They want to use Gaza as a proxy against the Jews. It seems like they have a. They had got it out for those guys. It's messed up. We can't solve it. Yeah, I mean, look. Yeah, the the Tim Kennedy one was a heavy, heavy podcast. But it's also important to hear it. From the standpoint of a military expert, and let's be fair, he is. Green Beret, and, by the way. Oh, it was Green Beret. Okay, good. And, you know, this is this is the story. This is what he sees. He's seen wars all over the place, you know? And what he's seeing there is incredibly brutal. And, you know, there, there definitely is information that is not getting to us. As we know, like, the news is just doesn't really get that information out there like they have their um biases and you know it's good to get the story from somebody on the ground i think it's valuable and i believe what he's saying i believe what he's saying is truthful whether he has a bias towards america or he has a bias in different directions he's not going to come on rogan and just make something up he's justice oriented i've listened to all his podcasts um that he's done with rogan and he is justice oriented. He he doesn't care what religion. He he just wants justice. Yeah, I like his style. Well, let's call it for this week, Pete. Thank you so much. I hope for I was a help. Me on this, dude. Good times. Good times as always. We we have to have you back on. I think. And thank you everybody for listening. Check out these pods: uh, Tim Kennedy, uh, David Blaine. And good old Elon Musk. And uh, go buy some Tesla stock. Support him. I think he's down like 25% in the last week or something. Uh, he needs the money. we got to get to Mars. Come on. we got to get to Mars. we got to get to Mars. <laughs> All right. Love you guys. Speak to you next week. Cheers.